what does womanhood, wellness, and love look like when you're almost 40 and fabulous? Plus the value of honesty and sisterhood when you're raising daughters as a single mother. And much more this week on Sex, Love, Joy. You're listening to Sex, Love, Joy, an interview series in which special guests reveal intimate details about how they connect the dots between sex, love, joy. I'm your host, Anayin Bjorkvist. On today's show, I have with me fitness maven, Lori Diaz. She talks about redefining womanhood and wellness for herself, as well as the women that attend her classes at West Sac Zumba. But before we get started, are you in Phoenix? I will be there later this month teaching at the Sexual Health Expo. The dates are April 25th and 26th. On Saturday, I will be teaching sexy active mom and on Sunday I will be teaching when opposites attract I hope to see you there for tickets visit sexualhealthexpo.com enjoy today's show Hi, Lori. Thank you for being on Sex Love Joy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very honored. I am so excited to talk to you. You are a thriver. Most people are just trying to survive, but no matter what life hits you with, you always find a way to flourish no matter what. What I would love to know is what are the principles or attitudes that guide your life? Well, let's see. As far as principles, uh, the first one is definitely going to be just being 100% honest with myself in general, with other people. I don't know. I have a really hard time with sort of like civil cordialities <laughs> because I can't get a read on people that way, you know? Yeah. Like if I'm not just who I am 100% of the time, I have a really difficult time functioning in that. So no matter what comes, I just have to turn that mirror around on myself sometimes and be like, okay, what is your contribution to how this has happened, be it good or bad? And so that's the big principle. It has to be number one, it has to be honesty. I love that. Yeah. What are your hopes? Uh, it's funny because for a few years now, I haven't really thought about my own hopes. I've thought about my daughter's hopes yeah. and I've thought about hopes for my business, but I hadn't really been thinking about mine. And I just sort of had this real moment at the end of the year, at, at the end of December, where I was like, you know, you're starting to hit that age. I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. You're starting to hit that age where it's kind of like, you got to ask yourself, what's the rest of this journey going to look like? And so for me, um, the first one had to be health. Um, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was 30. And I think there was a good chunk of that time that I was living in a level of denial about how I needed to function in life um, as far as my health goes. Uh, and I want to be here as long as possible, but I need that time to be good quality time. Yeah. So, so that's probably the first one is, is definitely taking some serious strides in health and wellness. And I've really, um, I've really worked hard at that in the last two months. In fact, I'm just going to toot my own horn a little bit here. <laughs> I, I work in the fitness world and I have been overweight for about three years. And in the last six weeks, I've lost over 20 pounds wow. just from really locking in diet and and time for me, time to just sit and say, no, I'm not going to talk to you or no, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to have some time just to make myself better. So that's been the first one. Oh, and I'm a woman. I've been single for a while now. Love is definitely in there. I would, I'd like to fall in love again and, and meet somebody who uh, lives up to the standards, which are impossibly ridiculously high. But, you know, I, I believe that exists. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's up there. That's up there. You just said you're a woman. So what does being a woman mean to you? <laughs> um, it, that's a funny question just because 
I feel like when women are, when girls are born, we're born with this sort of set of rules that is from early on forced on you. You know what I mean? Like, don't be too loud. Sugar and spice and everything. Now, this is whole like world that women are sort of given guidelines and boundaries they're supposed to subscribe to. And for me, it's none of those. For me, being a woman is being my just truest self, you know, and that is a potty mouth. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes blunt to a degree that I have to dial myself back and remind myself that my honesty isn't everyone's honesty. My truth isn't everyone's truth. You know, maybe that one's just for me in that moment, yeah. but, um, but also being comfortable in my skin, no matter what that skin looks like, you know, it, like I said, I, I dialed back a little bit. So I was overweight for a few years, but never in those years that I feel like bad about myself. I just worried that I wasn't going to be my healthiest me, but like comfortable in how I look and how I feel and, and vibrating that out to the universe. And sometimes what I put out to the universe is frosty bitch and step, back, you know, and back up out of my space. And sometimes what I put out to the universe is, you know, this is me, I'm flesh and blood and heat and all of those things. So yeah, I think that's what being a woman is. It's, it's all of those complexities still being okay with them and knowing that not every day is going to be a great day and not every day is going to be a sexy day and not every day is going to be a happy day, but those things will come. They come back. I've seen that sisterhood is very important key to your life and you're raising three daughters. How has sisterhood and having strong strong friendships with other women helped you in your own life? I um I don't have a very tight-knit family. Um, I'm not super close with either of my parents. Uh, I actually have a pretty combative relationship with my mother. And I think I always craved that. I always craved a mentor. I always craved a strong woman in my life to help support me because, you know, I, I didn't have that. And I made two friends on my very first week of high school, a girl named Miranda and a girl named Michelle. And, you know, here I am pushing 40 and the three of us are all still extremely good friends. Uh, very, very tight knit group of women. And, um, there were times in my life I would not I would not be here without some things that they contributed to in my life. I needed that. I, I craved that. And I it's funny because when I lived, I lived in Nashville for 10 years. And when I lived there, I was told almost every single day of those 10 years that I was abrasive and I was unfriendly. And I was all these things. And everywhere in my life, I've always had so many amazing female friends. Maybe maybe they're not all best friends. Maybe some of them are, you know, external friends. But I've always had this amazing group of women that somehow I keep seeming to, to come into contact. And, and I don't think that's any sort of testament to me. I think there's so many amazing women out there. There are. So it's it's nice to find them and to find things that you have in common and 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 hold each other up when we I, again, I just don't feel like that exists out there for us naturally. I feel like that has to be something we work at, that we look for and we nurture yeah. it and we build it. And that's something that you do really well that the the circles that we run in, they overlap. Yep. And I think the common thread was that we celebrate other women. And that's something that has to be important to you with raising three girls. Absolutely. Two of your daughters, they're twins and they're, they're adults now, right? Yeah. My twins turned 19 on Saturday. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I had the girls, I was 20 when I had the twins and I was very young. And obviously, like I said, I didn't have a real tight relationship with my mom. Um, my mom was one of those women who really wanted like a best friend. She wasn't really all that interested in being a mom. And so when she would try to like all of a sudden mom me, I was looking at her like, are you serious right now? Like two minutes ago, you were telling me about your sex life. Like you just can't have both. And 
And so I see it was like, you can't have a homie and then all of a sudden try to like ground me. It just doesn't work. And I knew, knew from early with my girls, like I was not going to allow them to be my friend. They were going to have plenty of friends. I wanted them to understand that I was there to guide them, to support them, to, to listen to anything they had to say, no matter the good, the bad, the ugly. Like I was never going to judge them. I wanted to look out for them. Um, and I've made that from very early on. Like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm mom. Like, I'll joke. I, I speak the way I speak. I was never the H-E double hockey sticks mom. I never played edited music. I am me 100% of the time. But they also understand yeah. that line. I am. I want that respect. Don't curse in front of me. Don't talk to me about things that are there's certain things that are for your friends to help you through. But at the same time, there's really not a lot of places they can't come to me. I started talking to my twins about sex when they were about 10. And I remember getting some flack, you know, from people like, they're too young, they're too young. And I was like, I remember what kids were saying when I was 10. I needed somebody to, t you know, to delineate between the nonsense 10 year olds <laughs> talk about and what was real, you know, yeah. and, and, and all of it, not just certainly not specific details. You know, at that age, it's very generic. And as they got older, though, all of it, sex, partners, protection, masturbation, yeah. there was never any with my girl that I wouldn't touch. In fact, sometimes they tell me anytime mom cooks pasta, we're going to talk about sex. I'm not sure how that's happened, <laughs> but it, it really does. Whenever we're sitting down for pasta, it ends up that we start having a discussion about sex. That's funny because I, I follow you on Instagram and I see how often you cook pasta sometimes. <laughs> I think those meals tend to be longer. You know, pasta meals are more courses. Yeah, I know. You are, oh my God, your food. Like sometimes you have me dying ready to lick the screen on Instagram. <laughs> love to cook and we the girls and I um, have dinner time at least five nights a week we sit down at the table no electronics no television and every single time we sit down for dinner we discuss our high low our high of the day and our low of the day I love that. It, it just for me with my girls and being a single mom that was really when I got the most insights to what was happening in their life you know like you talk about the good part of your day but when that low part comes we were all there to really um, support each other and get each other through it that, I love that and when people eat they participate in high with us. You're talking about how you discipline the girls, but you, you're so loving. You're so open with them and they're very cuddly with you. How, how did you manage that of like still being a disciplinarian, but still being that soft spot for them to land? I think that kids really want and need that discipline. They really want mm -hmm. rules. Of course, they're going to push those boundaries because they're kids. But I think that that offers safety. Yeah. You know, they know they know that mom is going to lay the line. But no matter how many times I had to check my kids on behavior. And I got to be honest with you, I, I really drew the lottery in kids. I had very few major problems with my girls. Um, they, they, I think they knew from early on that they had to respect me and they very rarely pushed that. Um, so I, I have to own that I've had an easier run than a lot of people that I know, whether that's attributed solely to me as a parent or the universe. Mm -hmm. I'll take it as a 50 50. I'm happy to own it halfway. But no matter how, no matter how rough things got and no matter how bad the night was or whatever the issue was between us, every single night, even now, I go in their bedrooms. My girls are 19 before I go to bed because they go to bed later than me now. And I make sure that I sit down with them and I tell them that I love them and I hug them and I hold them. And that's never changed. That's been the way it's been always. I used to work nights and come in in the middle of the night just to make sure that I walked in that room and, and gave everyone that kiss goodnight just to have that connection with my babies. Yeah, it's so beautiful. 
beautiful to see you. I feel if anyone should be raising girls, it should be you. Like you are so loving and thank you. I appreciate that so much. I, I love. My, I really love my babies. I love them. I'm. So, I look at them and I'm so proud and of all them. All three of them are also so beautiful. And from what I've seen, like they're smart and they're strong, intelligent women. Like I'm just like it, Lori is this strong, and she didn't have that support. Like I'm waiting <laughs> to see what the girls do. I think that my daughters are going to be uh, busting out the glass ceiling beyond anything I could have ever done. They're all they're all very different, but they're all very creative. And I'm not. I, I was an English kid. And, you know, I, I like books. I like words. You know, I'm in love with vocabulary. I was. I can't even draw stick figures. <laughs> so it's really funny to me that I ended up with three super creative girls. Um, and and in spite of that, you know, it was always very frustrating when I when they were younger. I'd be reading my third novel that weekend, and my daughters were playing video games. That was really hard for me. I, that was like a, a jagged little pill to swallow. Like, really, God, you gave me these video game playing little gamer girls, but I supported it. I supported it. I put limits to how much they could do, but I supported it, and I supported the the you know the creative endeavors. Um, my younger twin is a, just a phenomenal artist. She sits down to draw things, and I I'm just in awe of her skill. And it's raw talent. That's she's never taken wow. a lesson. Um, it's it's weird to me. Um, my oldest twin is really into programming and gaming, and she she's just tremendously talented. You know, without she's in college for it now, but everything she's done before now, she's done. She's self taught, and that you know that's a lot. That's a, that's not something. She's, I think she's one of like three girls wow. in her program. It's all boys, and she's in there just like a little rock star right now. You know, and then my baby is really into anime she's really into costume development and creating she's just I just I look back at my girls and I think all that creativity I never had somehow came through them and I'm really kind of excited to see what they go out there and do yeah. I'm excited for the world you know I mean, that's how proud I am I'm like yeah you guys aren't even ready for what they get and getting ready to come out there and do for you guys <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your daughters about love my current advice to the twins is no matter how much it feels like the world has shifted on its axis because you know when when the you know when you fall in love like the axis of the universe changes you know like you can't think out of that bubble there's always going to be someone else you will love someone else your heart can expand to someone else that doesn't take away from how amazing this person is that you're with that doesn't take away from how much love you have for this person that you're currently with but one of the mistakes that I made was that when my heart was broken, yeah. I would shut down for years, years. And I kind of feel like maybe I wasted a little bit. You know, maybe there were other people to be met, but I was closed off to it. So I want my girls to understand that love is beautiful and the concept of one true love is, is just amazing, but that's not the reality. So don't let one relationship that's ended cripple you to being open to other love. And I've been really pushing that now because you know how it is in college. It's real quick to fall. At first love, oh, yeah. at first love is heavy. And I know it's coming with them both because they haven't had it yet. They didn't have that high school first love. Oh, okay. So what's your advice for your 17-year-old? My 17-year-old is a sort of special circumstance. Um, Shay was diagnosed with Turner syndrome about two years ago, an extremely late diagnosis, I might add. Most girls are diagnosed in utero or very, very early on uh, as a result of a failure to progress yeah. uh, on the normal scale. Uh, but she was diagnosed two Augusts ago. Um, so Shay physically looks like she's maybe 12, even though she's 17. And as a result of the Turners, you know, she will never go go through puberty without some hormonal force, which we've got her on hormones for that now. So Shay has no interest in boys yet or girls, whichever it is that she'll end up loving. But I always tell her, it's like, as much as you don't see it now, as much as you don't see the possibility for it now, when it comes, you just got to be open to it. Because listen, that we're all here for that. We all want to be loved. Yeah. I just spent 20 minutes talking about wanting my mom to love me a certain way. We all want that. We're born to need it and want it. And it's beautiful. And as long as it's respectful and as long 
long as it's making you better, you know, and positive, then enjoy it. Be open to it. And so, she, you know, of course, she's like, Mom, please, I don't like anybody right now. <laughs> like, oh, but when you do, you are my kid. When you do, you are just going to be just you'll just bloom. It, I just I can't wait to see her open up to it because right now she's so close to the even the concept. And, you know, I get it. She doesn't look like her peers and all that. But when, when she gets older and she steps into that world, Shay has such amazing capacity for love. She has such a threshold for it. She's just going to be phenomenal at it. I can't wait to watch her have that first relationship blossom. I kind of can't wait. And then at the same time, I kind of wish it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell the listeners about your Sofa Sundays? Because I am all for Sofa Sundays. Sofa Sunday is the greatest day of the week. Um, and it's actually made better if it's rainy, but Sacramento doesn't see a lot of that. But, so, you know, as a single mom, I've always had to work work more than one job to be able to afford us a nice, comfortable, super low middle class lifestyle. But, you know, I didn't want to raise my daughters in the same place that I was raised in the same type of environment I was raised in. So I've worked anywhere from two to four jobs all the time since they were little. So what was happening was I was working so much I was getting burned out. And if I had a day off, I was either catching up on things or sleeping and I wasn't really having that connection with them. This happened when the twins were probably about 14, which, of course, you know, girls really, they start to go through yeah. things at that age. Um, and my younger twin was being bullied in school at that time. And she and I were having some serious issues because she wasn't telling me. I didn't know why she, why she was showing out at home. Um, and so we were, the, the four of us were in a struggle at that time. Shay had, has always had a lot of health issues, and my older twin was starting to get a little tired of always defending her sister and her sister not de defending herself. Oh. So I kind of sat back one day, and I took stock, and I realized that part of what was happening was I wasn't coming home and taking care of the fort. I wasn't holding mm -hmm. down home because I was working so much. So I changed my schedule. At that time, I was in the bar music business, and I set it up so that I would no longer work Sundays or Mondays. And then I would have Monday to play catch up, laundry, groceries, all those things. But Sunday was going to be the day where I was going to get up and I was going to make a huge breakfast and we were going to sit down at the table and eat together. And then we were going to watch movies or music videos <laughs> or whatever, take a walk, go have yoga, whatever the thing was going to happen in the middle of the day. But then I was going to cook a huge meal. And that day was really like off of the Internet, off of the computers, off of the video games which at that time was a battle. My kids were so pissed that they couldn't have video games on Sunday. But it took about a month. And then all of a sudden, I started to hear them like putting in requests for what they wanted to eat for breakfast oh, that wow. Sunday. Or saying, oh, mom, these pajamas, I love these pajamas. We should all wear them on Sofa Sunday. And so here I'm buying this, you know, four sets of pajama bottoms for us all to lay on the couch with. And it's really grown. It's grown so much that People don't actually invite me to go out on Sundays because they know they know I'm not leaving the couch on Sofa Sunday. That's my day with my babies. You don't post a lot on the Sundays, so you'll post food. Yes, <laughs> the most amazing food. Like, how has navigating your health issues now that you're trying to eat more healthy and your absolute love for food? How has that been for you? Because I've seen the shift in the photos. How how are you navigating that? 
I think that I think that eating, particularly when you love, when you're a foodie, when you have a love of food, and I I love food. I I take that time and I enjoy that meal. I savor that. I, I let myself have it slowly. You know, um, I guess food is a lot like sex, huh? Yes. So <laughs> I just felt my voice drop. I'm like, whoa, slow down there. But anyway, so answering the question because again, I've gone off on a tangent. I love tangents. <laughs> food and fitness and wellness are things you cannot force people to. Say that again, Lori, please. It's like religion. You can never force people to believe anything. Food, fitness, and wellness are the same. They have to come by it. I had to come by it when I was ready. When in that moment, I decided I was going to make a change. Not a New Year's resolution. Tell it. Not because my homegirl lost pounds on Atkins. Not because all of a sudden we're in the dawn of the ass, which I've always had an ass. And all of a sudden in the last five years, everybody want to have that ass. Not for any of those reasons, (laughs) but because in that moment, I was ready. I was ready to see a change in my lifestyle. And it's been tough because yeah. like even my daughters are like, what is this you're cooking tonight? <laughs> Bring them along on the ride, but they, they're not ready. So here's what I do. I meal prep. Um, I take full advantage of small businesses and local businesses, um, meal deliveries and juicing and those things. If they're, if they're local to me, and especially if they're a small business, I'm in there because I'm busy and I don't have the time to cook 47 meals on Sunday. That's my day to be on the couch with my babies. So I take advantage of those things. If you are not in a position to take advantage of those things, and I acknowledge that I'm very fortunate. I have a, a business that's in fitness. And so I have a wealth of people available to me that most people probably don't. Um, you know, I would say that taking that time to, to prep those meals, even if you're doing it when you're cooking another meal, if that night you're making something that's relatively healthy, there's no reason you can't make a little extra and slap it in a Tupperware and eat that for the next couple days. But what I don't do is deny myself because in the past when I've tried to take steps, it was always like all or nothing. Like now I'm going to eat clean and I'm never going to have a dessert and I'm never going to fuck that. That's not the way I want to live my life. I don't do anything that way. Like I'm not going to deny myself the simple pleasures when I work too fucking hard to say no to a glass of red wine or to a cupcake. But I try to save them for that sofa Sunday when I'm with my daughters and it benefits all of us to sit together and share that meal together. If I'm going to cook the foods that I probably shouldn't eat, then I try to eat them in smaller portions during the day for lunch rather than dinner, which is later. And then you're probably not going to go and exercise. And then all of the stuff that you haven't used is going to convert itself into fat because it's got to get stored. So I just try to put it in a different place in my day as opposed to having a rice and beans and a fried chuleta and a cupcake on Thursday night. Well, then if I haven't worked out anymore, then, you know, then the next day I wake up, I feel like shit. I'm upset with myself for having made a poor choice. So now I have it all. There's nothing I don't eat. I just don't do it every day. And I just try to do it on the day that I know I'm going to go ahead and indulge and spend some time with my family because we do that together. So I'm not, I won't give up that time with those, with the girls, but I also know that I don't have the metabolism of my 19 year old skinny ass daughters. Of what I'm doing. And they're, and they're wonderful, even though they're not trying to hear me making cauliflower mashed potatoes, which I just found out is fucking amazing. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I had it yesterday for the first time and it was divine. It was so good. And so I'm like, you know, the next time I make mashed potatoes, I'm making it with cauliflower. And they gave me the straight up, we will vote your ass off the island. <laughs> but I don't think they need to know. So... <laughs> 
um, yeah, you know, if I'm going to have the cauliflower mashed potatoes because I feel like I'm having mashed potatoes, but I'm still eating a veggie. Well, hell yeah, I'll do it. I'm okay with making those swaps. I want to be cute. <laughs> you are. Cute. I don't exercise for nothing except for straight up ego. I'm not going to sit here and I love it. As much as I love Zumba, I love that shit. But I don't Zumba because I want to just dance. I Zumba because I don't want to have a fucking giant ass anymore. I'm not talking about the nice, high, sexy ass. I'm talking about the ass that cuts out left to right. I don't want that anymore. I want to get off the chair or get off the, the, the dance routine. And when I stop moving, my ass to stop moving. It's it's all about what I look like. I own that. I'm selfish in that. But that goes back to the honesty. Like you're, <laughs> you you know why you, you love to move. I don't like any aggressive form of fitness. Like I have a friend. He keeps telling me, oh, do CrossFit. Your booty would look so nice. And I'm like, yeah. you are never going to get me in a fucking CrossFit gym. Never. Ever. Me neither. I'm going to go do my slow yoga. <laughs> I'm not interested in the boot camp mentality for fitness because it, it doesn't yeah. speak to me. It doesn't speak yeah. to me. I have to do what I love. And, and, and in order to stick with it, you have to love it. So I might be in there motivated solely by my appearance, but I've stayed there because I love it. Yeah. Fuck that. I see those CrossFit bitches. Listen, I know people love CrossFit and amen to you. You're a badass. You're a tougher bitch than I am. But we would be doing our Zumba class and I would look around, everybody be smiling. And then there was another gym a few suites over and they had them pulling those giant like tractor tires. Yeah. That is the unhealthiest looking group of fucking people I've ever seen in my life. No, thank you. I don't see anything. There's not one thing that I'm looking at there that makes me want to be down. CrossFit is not for me. But again, y'all do your thing. More power to you. It's like you said earlier with like the, the wellness and the exercise and the eating right. It's you finding what fits for you when it fits for you, you know, because who knows, like we might talk in five years and you might be like, I went in the CrossFit gym and oh my God. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Listen, it changed my booty and that's I what I really wanted. I was doing, I was doing my, my dance and my gym offers other fitness formats and I was not taking advantage of them. Those are mine i pay i pay them to teach that shit it's free to me and i wasn't taking advantage and then i was like hold up if i'm trying to dial this up i need to go in here and try it and all yeah. of a sudden here i am three days a week doing burpees listen i fucking hate burpees i don't even like the. i think that if food exchanged calorie content for how many burpees you had to do to to work that shit off i would weigh 92 fucking pounds but i'm in there doing the burpees and loving it because i'm loving what i'm seeing yeah i'm loving adults and i was ready I was ready. And earlier you said that you are ready for love. What would that look like to you? <laughs> I also said that I had impossibly high standards. So. But you know what? I think that we all should have non-negotiables. And it's fuck that. Like, we all should have non-negotiables. We shouldn't have a list that's, you know, 200 items right. long. But those non-negotiables. And you, to me, you seem like a very level-headed person. So I know I would love to hear your non-negotiables and the things that like, how would love look like to you? Okay. Well, it's funny because I know that I've been single for three years, so I'm pretty clear on what I want. Um, I want smart is first and foremost. I can't fuck around with some stupid man. No, no offense. I have dated some of the most beautiful men on the planet and I dated men that most people like I would say is are not traditionally good looking if that makes sense but to me they were mm -hmm. fine as hell because there was not one thing they couldn't talk about and expound upon that shit is sexy to me it <laughs> smart any day so smart is a non-negotiable I can't fuck with a superman um I want somebody who understands that I need balance somebody who lets me be me give me my space don't question me about my time don't question me about money this is why i've never been married because i couldn't compromise here um I, I need that freedom and that space for me to make my choices and my decisions and learn my lessons from them but at the same time somebody who knows when i need them to step up and be my man 
I'm extremely strong and forceful and aggressive, but I'm a fucking pussycat when I'm in love because I, I need that balance. I need somebody who like, I don't always want to be the strong one. Listen, if my friend Abby listens to this, I'm make sure she listens to this. This is something that she and I have coined. You might have seen us hashtag it. I need somebody to helm the fucking ship. Not because I can't, because I've been running the fucking ship for years, but because yeah. I want somebody to take over and be the man that does that for me. That's so important. That's that's huge for me. Yeah, especially for strong women. It's like, you, sometimes you get in a relationship and the person sees you're so strong and then they just back away from being strong. And you're like, yep. no, please, please don't. don't. Stay just as strong as you are and become stronger. But sometimes I just need to like fall apart. Absolutely. <laughs> I need to know it's okay. I absolutely <laughs> need that. And I don't, I have not afforded myself that very often because yeah. I always get nervous that it, I guess if people see as strong as I am, I have absolute weaknesses. Lots of them. I, mm. I sort of touched on anxiety. I have struggled with anxiety for years. I didn't know what it was for a long time. Actually, I didn't find out what it was until about three years ago when I had a complete and total nervous breakdown because I kept yeah. shoving everything back and pushing it down and pushing it down. And, not and it comes from being strong for so long, I think. I think so. I do. You you just sort of think, I just got to pile this one more thing on. And eventually your mind and your body and your soul is like, no, yeah. sit your ass down. Yeah. And you'll get sick. Like I got sick from that. I did too. I very much did. My, my life imploded as a result of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I need somebody who lets me fall apart when I need to. And that I feel safe enough to do that with. Mm -hmm. Safe is huge for me. Huge. I grew up with a mom who was married for 11 years to somebody who was wildly abusive, physically, verbally, all of it. And, you know, I think that in certain spaces, every woman has, has been subjected to, not me personally, but I've, I've witnessed women be the victims of different levels of, of domestic abuse. Um, and I, I have my own experience uh, with with things, with something that, you know, my, my first experience, my first sexual experience was not um, consensual. So I think that everybody has that thing where they see fear yeah. and they feel that fear, they carry that. Um, so for me, safety is big. If I feel safe and if I trust you, you know, like I said, I'm a pussycat. I'm doing that. I love it. And then there's no, there's no limits. You know, we can, we can, we can go anywhere with that. If I trust you and I feel safe, there's no limits. We can go anywhere. We can move in any space and we can expand all the way together. <laughs> I love it. It's so delicious. And I, I see the, the pussycat in you so much because when I first met you, I saw your softness and I saw that you are essential woman but at that time you were like uh, I don't know about love so when you said that earlier I was yes yes yeah. it took it took time when I love I am all in so when it doesn't work out it's just devastating to yeah. me you know even if I understand inherently why it didn't work out that doesn't mean that the amount of time I need to process that sadness and that loss. Yeah, you need that time in between. I internalize and I shut down mm -hmm. and it fucking sucks. And I hate that I'm, that I'm that way, but I am that way. And I have to acknowledge that I am that way. So yeah, you know, I was super closed off to it. And then, you know, in the last... I'd say in the last year. No, that's not that's not fucking true. I'd say like in the last six months, I've really started to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to find somebody. I'm ready to make a connection. I'm ready to see somebody and want to take the two of us and make us, you know, start great. Obviously, you both want to start as good, strong, comfortable people. But mm -hmm. when you put two people like that together, then you can become better, you know, but then you're a force. So that's what I'm looking for. I would love for you to 
tell the listeners where they can find more information about your classes and tell them a little bit more about your business? Because I remember you were telling me about the classes that you do in the in the dark or in the soft lighting, all that kind of stuff. Tell them. So like I was talking about earlier, for me, fitness in the boot camp mentality, for me, that never worked. And I found, as I talked about it, that a lot of women in particular didn't work for. So part of what I loved about the space that I found was that she would turn all the lights off and we would do almost all of our fitness with the exception of our rip classes. But the rest of the classes are done in the dark with disco lights. And all of a sudden you've taken away two things. You've taken away the, is she looking at me? Is she seeing that I can't do the steps? Mm -hmm. But you've also dialed up that confidence because now you're not thinking about everything around you because you just got to, if you don't look forward, you don't see me dancing. You don't (laughs) see the instructor dancing. So now you're kind of in that bubble, you know, and that creates an instant um, comfort level. So we do all of our Zumba classes, lights out, even the day ones. We have the whole place blacked out and we have black lights. So I, it was funny because earlier when we were um, doing this with the video on, I was I'm wearing like a lime green neon shirt. If you had told me how much neon I'd wear in my life <laughs> in my late 30s, I would have laughed. But now pretty much most of my shopping is based on will this glow in the black light um, <laughs> because I want you to be able to see me. Um, but yeah, so we do it in the dark. We do it like, like you're in a club, like truly like you're in the club, like you're in there and you're sweating with your homegirls and with your friends and you are just feeling that music and lost in that moment. Um, so that that's the way we do it. And um, it's called the Clubhouse 2. It's Clubhouse with a K. Uh, our website is westsackzumba.com. We're in West Sacramento. Um, you can just Google West Sac Zumba or the Clubhouse. We come up. We have a website. We have a Facebook page. Be sure to find it and like it. That's a big deal for me. I love to see and connect with people on the business Facebook page. And I love to get testaments from people who have come to us and love us and, and have changed their life as a result of their experience there with us. It's, you know, it's the best high of them all. I never did any drugs, but I imagine that that's what it feels like. like <laughs> you just you can fucking fly when somebody tells you, yo, I came here and I hadn't even taken a walk around the block for two years. And now I'm taking two classes in a row or I've lost this many inches or I can walk up and down the stairs without, you know, hurting and breathing heavy. That to me, that's the best validation I've ever been given. It is. I've so enjoyed talking to you. It just feels like we're across the table. (laughs) I know we need to make that actually happen soon. Yeah, I know to sit down and, and, and link up and talk. We will. We will do that very soon. I want you to finish these sentences. Sex is best when... <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, blushed a little bit. Sex is best when you have lots of it and good sex. My favorite way of expressing love is... Touch. Ooh, yes, yes. <laughs> Ditto. Absolutely. The most... <laughs> See, I, like that word sets me off. Just the word, the word touch. Absolutely. <laughs> people like I, that doesn't mean if you're listening, that doesn't mean I want you to come up to me and touch me. People. Personal space, boundaries, but yeah. invited touch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No John Travolta shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's a fucking lesson what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> But touch is so awesome. The most joyful experience I've had this year has been. Damn, I've had a really good fucking year. Let me think. Let me think. 
the most joyful experience I've had. Wait, are we talking 2015? You can tell me if you've yeah. had lots of them. You can tell me in like the different areas of your life. Okay. Um, in as far as health and wellness, obviously, like I said, I made, I made some some serious choices and changes in my life, and and I've experienced real joy in waking up every day excited about that journey. I haven't felt like oh fuck today I got to eat celery and carrots. Like <laughs> I've been excited and seeing the results of that. So real joy in that. Um, I've seen real joy in the growth of my classes and the circle of women who have taken this this journey with me. You know, I started taking these extra classes, classes that I started to notice other people weren't taking. And I thought, damn, if I don't show them that I can do it, maybe they're not going to try to do it. So then I started really like making sure that people joined me when I did that. Like, oh, you, you want to tighten? You want to tone? You come do it. If I can do it, fucking trust me, you can do it because I'm the biggest whine complainer there is. And <laughs> seeing other people do that with me and watching those classes grow as a result because people feel um, more confident in their own abilities. That has been in this tiny little bit of the new year. That's been epic for me. I just, I love seeing that. I love seeing other people have their successes, other women in particular. Yes. Amen to that. And then another joy is, um, you know, I do a lot of volunteer work in my community. Um, mostly I work with a local animal shelter and we foster kittens. Um, so these are usually very, very tiny kittens that have been abandoned and probably have some health issues. And, you know, they don't thrive in those, um, in those shelters. They thrive because they need, like we talked about earlier, they need touch. They need, um, they need to be interacting with humans and they need to feel that safety and that growth and that ability to grow. So another one of those has been that we ended up having a terrible foster fail and we adopted uh, one of the kittens that we fostered and hell I fostered a lot of kittens last year um, but um, I have a little orange tabby named Jack Jack and he has just been just the light of my life in the last few months he's delicious and sweet and loving and he when I walk in the door or I have to kind of squat down like a um, like a baseball like a bat catcher because he comes and he runs into my arms he's so excited to see me <laughs> Um, he's my baby. I, I just adore him. And he's a very special cat because he's the one that sleeps like on you guys' necks and like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he came to me with a brother. Yoda, right? Um, and we, the, Yoda, the beauty of fostering is you get to name, give them their shelter names. You know, you get some time with them and you get their personalities. Mm -hmm. So he and Yoda came um, and Yoda obviously came because he had got the name because he had the ears. I mean, I have a picture on my Instagram. Like it was kind of frightening how yeah. much Yoda looked like Yoda. Um, and we very quickly bonded with Yoda. Jack, Jack was a little bastard. Like he would, they were both bottle fed babies, you know? So he would like rip the nipples off the bottles or he would try to eat the food that Yoda was trying to, he was just a little shit. Um, but I have always had a propensity towards the rotten. I always look at somebody who maybe other people think, wow, what an asshole or that person is just such a dick. And there's, it, it always intrigues me because I think sometimes I give that same impression and I know that's not, me you know that's not that's not even remotely all of me so I'm always sort of fascinated and so he, this little so rotten orange tabby who used to just drive me crazy um he started to grow on me and then Yoda very very quickly got sick and, and died while he was in our care and we were heartbroken he was my first foster baby to ever pass uh and just crushed us and it was like Jack knew in that moment that we were all just really broken and he started to really adopt some of Yoda's personality traits, some of the things that we were so drawn to Yoda about. And yeah, I knew, I knew when it was, I was really trying to give this fucking cat away. Like I wanted to give him away to somebody who I knew because I still wanted him somewhere in my, in the realm of my life. <laughs> um, 
And then I just realized, like, you ain't giving this baby away. This, this motherfucker is your family. And he has been. And he, he really has been a deep, deep joy. He's delicious, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the, the noise everyone heard earlier. That was him in a bag. <laughs> that was him in the back being a destructive little shit. Uh, because in kitten years, he's in his terrible twos, and we are breaking him of his, or attempting to break him of his bad habits. Lori, thank you so much for being on Sex Love Joy with me. Thank you. I, I'm so very, very honored and humbled that you even asked that anyone would give a shit what I have to say about anything. So thank you. Thank you. I think you're fabulous, and I adore you. I adore you, too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sex Love Joy. For more interviews like this one and my other work, please visit sexlovejoy.com. I hope that listening to today's guests talk about living their truths helps you in your quest to do the same. Remember, thriving ain't easy, but adding a little sex love joy to your day makes the living a whole lot juicier. Until next time.